my radio oh you am roaming across your mind welcome back to international business segment bbng 3103 and for your information this segment is actually offered from faculty of business and management this segment also is targeting for students undergoing bachelor of management and bachelor of business administration and then the importance of international business and the factors that influence international business but then again it's an open public segment which mean everyone can listen to this segment it's an extra knowledge actually Right in today's edition we are going to talk about international commerce theory. Okay so today all about theory. Okay the early parts of topic 5 discuss on the benefits of free trade to all the countries involved. Free trade here means that the government are not involved in the trade. Government okay through the tariff, quota, subsidy and other instruments will disturb the free trade flow thus will not make the world commerce smooth. So hopefully this topic 5 will discuss most about the commerce theories since the 19th century until this 20th century. So the first minutes for this segment we will begin the trade and international investment theories with mercantilism theory. So mercantilism which was founded in the 16th century was used widely in 17th century suggests that each country increases export and decrease import at the same time. Well, even though many people think that the mercantilism doctrine is outdated and is not applicable for the trade but still popular and still being used in some countries. Next, we will go through the theory founded by Adam Smith which is absolute advantage theory. Was founded in 1776, absolute advantage theory first explains how free trade benefits the country. Now this free trade means um, the government are not involved in the trade whether through quota or tax that will affect the trade flow. And then Smith also said that the government's trade market control that the trade should not affect the world commerce trend but it should be determined by the market control. Other than that absolute advantage theory we will also we will also look upon the comparative advantage theory by David Ricardo Heckscher Ohlin theory product life cycle theory and other international investment theories Okay we will take a small break more coming up after this iRadio OUM roaming across your mind. Welcome back to International Business. Where good news today we are talking about topic 5 international commerce theory. So moving on to the theory mercantilism. Now this mercantilism was the first international commerce theory founded in England in the middle of 16th century. At that time, silver and gold were the source of wealth of each country. and had a big big role in the international trade transaction at that time they were the main currency in the trading business among the countries a country would get gold and silver through exporting product to the other countries while the gold and silver would flow out through imported products 
the main con now the main concept of merchantilism was a country should get the trade surplus in the balance of payment account because the trade surplus would result to the inflow of gold and silver and the country will get more and more wealth and prestige Nevertheless, in 1752, in 1752, David Hume, which a classical economist, said that the mercantilism doctrine was not consistent enough to explain the real situation of a payment balance for a particular country. Now, an example: if England got trade surplus with France, meaning the products exported were more than the imported products, gold and silver that flowed into England. Would result to the increasing of money in England market. Therefore, it would also cause to the inflation in England. Then France would have insufficient gold and silver because of the import activities, and the price of the products in France would decrease. But then again, the weakness. The weakness of this mercantilism view is because it sees trade as the benefit of one country only, which means the country has trade surplus in a balance of payment account. The exporter will gain more and more profit, while the importer will be at loss. Now, the zero-sum game situation will happen in a trade that causes one country to gain profit and the other to gain loss. But then again, the theories from Adam Smith and David Ricardo we will discuss later. Okay, right after this, we will talk on the second theory about absolute advantage theory. Right after this, but first let's have fun with this song only on iRadio O U M, roaming across your mind. International Business BBNG three one zero three. Okay, I really hope that you had enough break by listening to that enjoyable song. Okay, for now let's continue with our topic five still. Yeah, um, about international commerce theory. So earlier on uh, we talk about mercantilism theory, and now what about absolute advantage theory? What's so interesting about this theory? Yeah. Now this theory was founded by Adam Smith, a Scottish economist, and in his book entitled "An Inquiry into the Nature and Causes of Wealth of Nations" in 1776. So Smith disagreed with the mercantilism trade nature and proved that it will only give bad impact to the economy and the nation. Now Smith also said that the rich country is the country which will make sure that all the citizens are rich too. Not only the government, and then the aim for each country should be、um, to maximize the wealth of the people. So with this, the country will be richer and stronger because of the high levy tax basic. 
Besides that, mercantilism doctrine is not efficient as it will decrease the profit of the country as a whole. You know, perhaps only certain groups of people um, will get the benefit from it. From Smith's observation, mercantilism will prevent individuals from performing in the free trade. Adam Smith also suggested that the free trade system among the countries will increase the profit of the countries. Free trade will determine the level of products or services that should be imported or exported by a country. And what's so interesting about this theory, absolute advantage, is because the production for each product needs resource or input such as soil, capital and labour. This theory also suggested that a country should export the products that could be produced efficiently compared to other countries and import the products by other countries that are produced more efficiently than their own country. Let's move on to the comparative advantage theory. Of course, these advantages of absolute advantage theory is that it fails to explain the situation when a country has absolute advantage in producing all products. If this happens, business cannot be done and the amount of world production services will be stagnant. Therefore, David Ricardo, which a British economist, introduced a theory of comparative advantage in early 19th century. So according to Ricardo, the country has to produce and export the products or services that can be produced more productive productively in relative compared to other countries and also import the products or services that can be produced more efficiently and productively compared to the country. Now the, the theory okay, the difference between the two theories lies in the concept of absolute theory which is based on absolute productivity difference while the comparative advantage theory focuses more on relative productivity difference between countries. Okay, we will talk more after this about Hector Ohlin theory right after this. Don't go anywhere. More coming up after this. Welcome back to International Business with me, Hazra. In today's edition, Topic 5, International Commerce Theory. Okay, moving on about Heckscher Ohlin Theory. What is so special about this theory? Hmm, let's take a look. Okay, so Absolute Advantage Theory and Comparative Advantage Theory focus on the advantage of production and commerce from different productivity. It's simple. So whether Japan is efficient in producing bulb or shoes depends on how productive Japan is in the use of all the resources. And then two Swedish economists, Eli Heckscher in 1919 and Bertil Oholind in 1933, gave the different points in explaining a country's comparative advantage. 
and then according to them, comparative advantage is a result of the difference in production factors of a country. Hatcher and Ohlin defined endowment factor as natural resources such as soil, labor, and capital. So each country has different natural resources, and the difference affects items production costs. In other words. By having many factors will cause to low input costs. So Hatcher-Ohlin theory suggests that the country has high endowment resource will export products that use resource and import products that use endowment resource to the country does not have. Unlike Ricardo, Hatcher-Ohlin explains that the international trade pattern is determined by a country's endowment resource difference and not the difference in productivity. Okay, so furthermore, Hatcher-Ohlin theory has a strong, strong basis in explaining the international trade pattern. As an example, U.S. of America or United States of of America has been a well-known agricultural exporter. This is because USA has suitable soil for the commercial agricultural activities, as explained by Hatcher-Ohlin theory. Other than that, South Korea is a success industrial product exporter that based on labor energies, labor energies such as shoes and textile, because South Korea has low-cost labor energy, and then therefore USA, a country that has high-cost workers, is the main importer of the. Of that kind of products, so listeners, why does the company do direct international investment? Okay, for students who have just entered the first year of study, the most common answer will be to get balanced gaining rate in the international rate. However, this answer is not enough. Okay, for example, Canada and United Kingdom are direct international investment countries in the U.S. Besides that, these countries also act as、um, what people call countries that receive investment from the U.S. The average of gaining rate in Canada and United Kingdom is never, never much lower. Okay. So this goes to explain the investment to Canada and United Kingdom are much higher compared to the U.S. at one time. This condition is also failed to be explained through the difference in the average of country and industry gaining rates. Okay, for your information, to listeners, there are several other reasons why a country does a direct international investment. Okay, aspects from firm-specific advantage, location-specific factor, internationalization advantage, and also Dunning-Electric model. In international business segment, all about international commerce theory. Okay, so the last subtopic here is about future challenges on the theory of the international trading and international investment and implication on business. Okay, so normally in this twenty-first century, 
There are many domestic companies who have strived and tried to enter the foreign market. Now, all the existing multinational company will face challenges from this development because you see, people, some of the challenges that these multinational companies would face includes technology, natural resources, and financial as well. So, the first challenge is technology industries such as automobile. Telecommunication and information technology depended on the development of the latest technology. So these companies have to strive for the latest technology to differentiate their products from their competitors if they want to stay in the market and accepted by the consumer. Nevertheless, not all company has the means and power to make and apply the technology and the technique that they wanted. Okay. And then again, this is because the technological knowledge and the financial status of the country are quite limited, yeah. Because this problem usually happen in the companies from the developing countries such as Malaysia. Okay, we have Proton, a Malaysian automobile company, has already been present for almost sixteen years. Well, depending on the engine technology from the Mitsubishi Corporation, which means the company have already produced cars like Proton Saga. Proton Iswara, Proton Satria, Perdana, and the latest is Proton Waja and and lots more. Now the second challenge is the accessibility of the natural resources, meaning、uh, resources already decreasing because of the excessive digging right now. For example, iron. Iron is the main ingredient for the automobile and construction industries. And the last challenge is the financial. Well, of course, this challenge is faced mainly by the companies from developing countries, and mostly the companies wanted to go global should have a major production and a stable financial backup. There you go. End of our segment for today. Thank you very much for listening to my segment. Hope to see you again next week in topics. Six. Take care. Have a good day ahead. Bye bye. <laughs> 